If we expect our kids to have an imagination that's beyond the circumstances, which let's be frank, that's our job as parents. My dad started behind the dugout, right? He got, to, he, he was at, he was at home plate, swung, hit a good, uh, hit a good uh, pitch, went out to first base. He got me out to first base. My job is not to stay on first base. My job is to move around the bases. And how many times can I come around home? How many times, how much momentum can I build? for my son so that I can have him start ahead of where I was so I can have him learn from my mistakes. Hello and welcome. This is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential, where we get together with top experts in their field who have simple, profound advice to help you and I live better lives, to be able to be more fit to serve the people around us and answer that question, the question that nags within all of us. How good can I be and how great can I make it for people around me? Welcome back to Unlock Potential with Brian Delaney. Today, I'm going to be discussing my conversation and our podcast with Edward Pritchett, a dear friend and mentor and an absolute genius when it comes to business, people, and how to grow personally and professionally. Join us as we unpack the nuggets from this podcast, the applications and the mindsets that you can take and apply today. Thing is, we are what? The books we read and the people we associate with. And when I was growing up, the people that I associated with the most was my family. Mm -hmm. uh, and my parents chose to speak positive words, positive affirmations, um, let us know like there is greater possibility than anything that you see in this current moment, mm. right? Because we were solidly middle class. Like we weren't, you know, yeah. poor. We weren't, you know, the the wealthy kids like, oh yeah, I just got back from con with my dad, you know, like, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was a good, solid middle America upbringing. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that really, the bug that got into me of those things that um, my parents taught us over and over again, was that we deserved whatever we could dream of. What a great message from parents. We deserve whatever we can dream of. And I love how Edward talked about having the Rob Report and Condé Nast and all these magazines around the house in order to build the imagination. And I think, I think uh, it's so easy for us to throw the imagination away and just like a cereal say that stuff's for kids. You know, um, but I think it's something that we know how to do when we're born and we forget to do when we're older because we're inundated with to do lists and how uh, projects are more important than people. And it's a big mistake because we lose a level of emotional energy uh, that is really inspiring and incredibly generative and creative uh, in this world. So as adults, as entrepreneurs, uh, as just people, as human beings, as parents, we need to get our imagination firing again. And for a lot of us, maybe our vision has passed our its energy expiration date. And we need to re renew that. Because if we're just surrounded by the things that are, what are we doing to build our imagination, our desire to set goals for how things can be? Are we just going on uh, Facebook and we're just comparing our life, our behind the scenes to somebody else's show? Are we, are, are, we, uh, are we getting into the comparison trap? Are we uh, comparing something that 
uh, is real, like our life to something that's not real, like uh, maybe some uh, fake backgrounds or a rented car, rented jet. You know, we we're like, I'd love to own that car one day. So would the person on Facebook. So would that marketer. They don't own that car. They rented it. They didn't even rent it for a day. They rented it by the hour for four hours to do the photo shoot. Right. That was a photo shoot, not real life. And so I think grabbing onto the tools that help us to fire the imagination again is so vital. And if we expect our kids to have an imagination that's beyond the circumstances, which let's be frank, that's our job as parents. My job as a parent is not for me to start. My dad started behind the dugout, right? He got, to, he, he was at, he was at home plate, swung, hit a good, uh, hit a good uh, pitch went out to first base. He got me out to first base. My job is not to stay on first base. That's not my job. My job is to move around the bases. And how many times can I come around home? How many times, how much momentum can I build for my son so that I can have him start ahead of where I was so I can have him learn from my mistakes. The idea is generationally we get better I don't know that that's what we see when we look around most of the time. I think there's a lack of intention around generational wealth, especially when it comes to knowledge, especially when it comes to the wisdom that we need. And there's so much wisdom in what uh, Edward's uh, mom and dad did for him. And uh, I'm thankful to know and have gotten to uh, have a lot of conversations with Edward's dad as well. And there's just this, there's this sense of, we can do anything, we can be anything, as long as we start to believe it and think about it. If we, if we can see it in our mind and we can feel it in our heart, then we can absolutely hold it in our hand. And so what's important to you? Because here's one thing I do know, is you will never have enough money to buy all the things you don't want, right? So let's get specific. I want a nicer car, okay? Specifically, what kind of car? How much is it going to cost you? And what are the problems that you have to solve in between where you are and where you need to be in order to be the type of person who drives that car? Don't focus on having that car become come into your world. Focus on what kind of person drives that kind of car. What do they do? Make sure they're the type of person who you wanna be. There was a long time in my career that in order to be successful, I thought I was either I thought I was either going to have the success or be the type of person who I respected. I thought I, I thought I was I, I thought it was one or the other because a lot of the examples of success that were shown, especially through the media, if there's somebody who's very rich, they did it at the expense of these other people. It's a zero sum game. It's terrible. That's not the that's not the case. The most successful people I know who are also the happiest extremely generous, extremely value-based, as extreme, they're, they're willing to admit that they are wrong. Imagine that. They apologize. They walk around that with a confidence, but not the confidence of being perfect, the confidence of being real, knowing they can make up for their mistakes, knowing they can heal relationships, knowing that they have the authority to speak from an intentional and vulnerable way that really gets into people's hearts that allow, that enables them to have the influence in the circles and with the people around them. So I think it's, I think it's so important. The imagination is an incredible tool. In fact, as Elon Musk said, 
uh, he was asked why he reads science fiction books, why, you know, why he doesn't just spend all his time reading self-development books. And he said, I read two types of books. One type is I read biographies because I want to, I want to learn about the people who I respect the most. I want to learn about the leaders in the past, who they are, where they came from, what they did, how they thought, who they surrounded themselves with. The second type of book he said he reads is science fiction. And when they asked him, what, you know, why do you read science fiction books? Now, number one, it's because he wanted to go to Mars, but he gives a lot more of a, uh, an elaborate answer than that. He said, I know that the well-developed imagination is the conduit from the present we have to the future we want. And that's what we have to start developing in our children. Not how they can behave to be acceptable, but how they can, how they can dream to be great. Check out the official Unlock Potential store where inspiration meets style. Explore our exclusive collection of gear inspired by the transformational messages straight from our Unlock Potential podcast. From trendy apparel that embraces the power of positivity to accessories that fuel your motivation. We've got something for every go-getter. Spread the messages of empowerment, energy, and motivation that you get from the Unlock Potential podcast by grabbing your gear today. Like there is a emotion and then there's how I'm going to feel about it. Uh, right. Oh, so good. I mean, and we've, we've all heard this yeah. before, but like, it's worth repeating. I because- don't think we've all heard this before. <laughs> you and I have heard this before because we just read the same book that I read after you. Right. But break that down. This is so important. So like an emotion is going to have, you can't control your emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you may call me emotionally stable. I, I would say I'm more, I'm feeling stable. Feeling stable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah. My emotions happen. I get angry. I get hot. I get sad. I get depressed. I get elated. Yeah. I get excited. I get happy. I get all those things. They all happen to me throughout the day. Right. Some of those are very positive and I want to nurture them and continue to feel it. Yeah. The yeah. feeling is the choices that I make after have the emotion of what I'm going to do with that emotion. Right. And so like th- when the negative emotion happens, right, when anger hits me, how am I going to feel about it tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I'm, am I still angry because I got cut off? Mm-hmm. Right. Like there are people who will tell you the same story about getting cut off three weeks ago. It, it actually longer than that. Right. Like everybody has that epic. Oh, there's this one time back in 67 <laughs> when, you know, like uh, <laughs> they're still feeling this emotion that they had that it was a fleet second emotion. Yep. I'm angry that that person just did that. All right. So now how are you going to feel about it? And what are you going to do with those feelings moving forward? Mm-hmm. Is that going to color the rest of your entire day? Are you going to take that same anger to your wife and wonder why she's pissed off back at you because you came in there treating her like the guy who cut you off? Yeah. Right. Because you're still feeling it. Yeah. Right. When I continue to feel that emotion, it's going to color every other conversation I have. It's going to color the emails that I send out for the rest of the day. It's going to color my interaction with my children. It's going to color the interaction with that investor that I want to land. Mm-hmm. It's the, the client that I'm trying to close. Mm-hmm. Like They're not feeling that I'm there to protect and secure their family. They're feeling that I'm angry and agitated and upset. Yeah. And what, what we also know about these things called mirror neurons, mm-hmm. right? Whenever you're around somebody, like even when I just did that with my, when I, yeah. I furred my eyebrows, what did you do? You furred, furred my, your eyebrows. Yeah, yeah of course. Right? Like we, we feed off of the energy that's around us. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm someone who just, my emotional default is anger mm-hmm. and I wonder why I have an angry household. Starts with you. 
Right. So that the stability is to be able to find like, what's that balancing point? Like, mm-hmm. how can I bring myself back from extreme emotion? Right. And there's some extreme emotions that are good to carry on, but like, you can't be too happy all the time. Right. <laughs> like it, it, it's kind of weird. Like, well, how are they just sitting over there laughing in the court? Like that would be weird. Yeah. Like, you, you would think someone who's just like giggling in a corner 24 seven. That's odd. Yeah. But happiness is a great emotion. Absolutely. I still have to be able to moderate it. Right. Mm-hmm. I still have to be able to choose. Okay. I'm emotionally happy and excited right now. Now, when's the time to come back down so I can, you know, affect my job or do the work mm-hmm. that I need to do or, or come across in a serious moment with a client. Mm-hmm. So that, that difference between emotion and feeling, that's where I think the stability comes from is being able to recognize that there's a difference first and foremost. And then when I recognize that there's a difference, choosing to feel the right way, Right. And I don't mean right way by other people's definition, but like that internal voice. And that's what the meditation helps helps for me to bring that internal voice to say, this is how we really want to feel all the time. Edward talks about an essential tool in this section. This tool has helped me. Uh, he talks about how much it's helped him. Uh, he, I love how he's talking about how this tool was, a a gift of adversity right it came from the adversity and it was he was in such a tough time where in order to have any sort of emotional control to be able to use his dashboard and be able to bring out some health to that and and uh, stability to his emotions he needed to use meditation and i found meditation to be so important and just think about it. Think about the uh, the two groups of people, people who are productive and powerful, people who are able to be present. You know what that feels like. You know what it feels like to be around someone who has this dialed in internal energy because it feels like you can be yourself in their presence, that they don't need they don't need anything from you. They want something for you that they're actually listening and they're there with you. They're, they're not, uh, they, they're not uh, mentally on their phone checking their status and likes, right? They're, they're in this place where they're able to listen because this is, they're able to turn up and turn down the dials on their head. They're not just being pushed by circumstances like this other type of person would be. And you, you and I, all, we, we all know the type, right? They're, they could be on their phone in front of you while you're talking to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Yep. Uh, what, can you go over that one more time? Oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's the whole conversation or even worse, maybe worse. I'm not sure, but oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about a situation I had that was just like that. Oh yeah. Oh, you think that's funny? Wait till I tell you. Right. It's always just about them. It's always bringing the conversation back to the worst song in the world, which is me, 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 me. Right. Uh, None of us want to hear that. And that doesn't help us to grow better. We sure share experiences, do all that. But let's not talk about ourselves in order to impress someone else. Let's talk about ourselves to connect with someone else, to show relation to someone else. Let's not talk about other people to drag their ass through the mud and to just beat them up or, or uh, hurt them. Let's talk about other people in a way that's edifying, right? In a way that you're talking about people's strengths, because let's say I'm with somebody and I'm talking bad about somebody. 
I've just ruined the relationship to whoever I'm talking to because that person has just learned something about me that I'm willing to talk shit behind somebody's back. And that's a big problem. It doesn't matter if it's a, if as a salesperson, as a business person, never talk negatively about your competitors. Never. Because what comes out of your mouth reflects on you, not on who you're talking about. You talk, talk about, well, that person is such a liar. You know what you just did? You just lied. You just lied. They're not such a liar. They may have told a lie, but that doesn't encapsulate the whole of who that person is. But you know what the person who just heard you say that thinks? Oh, you are too, right? How's it feel to be a hypocrite? And so we have to be conscientious about being the type of person who actually listens, who has good motives, and who doesn't just allow the circumstances of the day, the flavor of the day, to push them around. And if we don't have our mindset dialed in, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to be a victim of chance and circumstance. You have your value, you have your uh, meditation dialed in, you have your thought processes dialed in, your life is going to be built and you're going to be able to take action based on your vision and values rather than those chances and circumstances. How do you think your life is going to be built? If you think your life is best built by somebody else, leave it up to chance and circumstance. But if you think that you have the most interest in your life and that your vision and values are the best to run your life, we've got to start with meditation. And there's some really simple tools. A lot of people think of like old religious traditions. And I think there's so much value in religious traditions and how they talk about meditation. Um, but for me, I was just looking for an easy way in because I'm the type of person who has a hard time sitting still anyway. So let alone like coming up with my own meditation routine where I'm trying to think about nothing. And then I just think about the number zero over and over again, right? So I need an app, uh, one app that really helped me out was Headspace. Uh, Headspace was a great free app for me that took me through a guided meditation uh, every day. And what I realized between writing and meditation, these two tools helped me to start organizing my thoughts because I, otherwise they were stuck up in here and I need to get the thoughts out of here and into the world. And otherwise what happens is this river of consciousness gets dammed up and it becomes a reservoir that's stagnant over time and by the time it does spill out i'm saying things i don't really mean i'm doing things that i that I, that don't fall within my values and it's just because it was stuck in me if something is in you learn how to organize your thoughts learn how to learn how to be clear about your vision and values through meditation and through writing and what you'll find is a whole new level of emotional regulation a whole new level of presence and a whole new level of fulfillment and joy because you're able to control what you think about when you think about it. And you're able to even bring yourself back from the brink of stress when it gets in you, right? If you know how to do that, it's not that stress doesn't affect you. It's just, you have a few more tools for dealing with it now. Now you can meditate. Now you can, uh, now you can write. There's another book that has, I think it's right around page 100. It's a book called High Performance Habits that I've been reading. And uh, the author, Brennan Burchard, talks about his, uh, his release uh, technique of meditation. And it is so powerful. He says, just take one to two minutes, close your eyes, take the first minute and just say the word release over and over again. And as you're doing that, command your face to relax. And if you don't know how to relax your face, just start with your forehead. Put, the, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth, 
Loosen your jaw. Loosen your neck. Loosen your shoulders. Loosen your arms. Loosen your hands. All the way down. And you don't have to completely relax. Just let some of that stress go. It wasn't yours in the first place. You don't own that stress. You were just renting it. Now it's time to give it back, right? And get into this state of feeling what it's like to not only be able to put stress on yourself because stress is helpful and beneficial, but also to learn how to de-stress yourself, how to take that stress off because as you learn how to do that for yourself, to put that stress on, that productive stress on people, and also be able to take the unproductive stress off other people, that's, that makes you highly influential, right? It makes you highly influential because a lot of people don't know how to do that for themselves, let alone other people, teams, organizations, employees, uh, customers, really, really helpful uh, understanding in sales. But it all starts with you. So the second step to that, that Brandon Burchard talks about is he talks about release tension and then set intention. Okay. So in the next moment, we want to start to release some of that tension, get into a more relaxed state because that's where we're going to be more open and then now set the intention. Okay. I have this thing to do. How do I want to do it? How, what do I want other people's, what do I want mine and other people's experiences to be in this? Right. How can I show up with excellence in these, in this next hour? What I found myself doing was throughout my workday, I find myself whenever stress comes, <laughs> I hold my breath. I hold my breath. And that's what most of people do because stress comes, we hold our breath, we get tense. And guess what that does? It creates more anxiety in us, releases stress hormone, right? It gets adrenaline rolling. What that's going to do is it, what normally it may it may usually on an unstressful day take you eight hours to lose energy in a, a hyper stressful situation. You can zap your energy in five minutes. So do you know how to release tension and set intention for me taking a break after each task, releasing tension, setting intention and just taking that focus time to breathe for one to two minutes between tasks, that allows me to walk in fresh, be present, be interested rather than interesting, and allows me to be creative and generous in a spot that otherwise I might just have to see how can I get what I need from the circumstance. And I think the world has hit its quota of people who are working with the intention of how can I get what I need in the circumstance? We have to be more like that Greek proverb that says, um, societies grow great when old men plant trees that they'll never sit in the shade of. We have to say, how can my actions today create more wealth, generosity, abundance in this world? How can my, uh, how can my words today be affirming, create more belief, create more confidence in other people? And how can, how can my presence today bring about peace, bring about strength and bring about engagement? I, I think those are the questions we ask, but without tools like meditation and writing, Edward's exactly right. Uh, we're we're uh, chaotic being influenced by more chaos and uh, that's that's just not going to be good for any of us so i hope you take those tools hope you apply those um, and there's really simple first steps to do it so you can that's something you can stop this press pause and do right now follow those instructions that i borrowed from brennan burchard Thanks again for joining us for this conversation. Head right over to our Patreon for exclusive content, including more from our conversation today. 
thank you all for joining our conversations. We're developing this platform for simple, profound tools and techniques that can help you get the best out of your life and more importantly, unlock potential. You can find me across all social platforms at the Brian Delaney and online. Come visit us at thebriandelaney.com.